Hey everyone, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels for you while injecting our own commentary and cackling a lot. Sometimes we even learn things in front of you. This week, we're starting off with a Patreon shout out. Amber T., you are descended from Juno, the queen bitch of Roman mythology. Juno was the divine protectress of the community and had her hands in everything from marriage and fertility to military might. Just like you, people associate her with loyalty. And she had style. She peacocked all over the place. If you want extra content, videos, shoutouts, gifts, and so much more, head to patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast and sign up for as little as five bucks a month. And now we've got our much-anticipated recap of The Duke Who Didn't by Courtney Milan. Here we go. Oh, hello, Erin. Hello. 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 How are you? Good. Normal. Fabulous. Normal. Oh, my gosh. Normal stuff going on over here. <laughs> like what? I guess. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't really have banter. We were going to talk about our charity thing. Oh, yeah. We do have that amazing fundraiser. We didn't do a fundraiser in 2020 because we didn't want to ask for dollars. Right. It was weird. It was like everybody was having a hard time. It just seemed like a weird time to be like, fundraiser. Well, so many people are job insecure. Yeah, that's what it just seemed like like a weird time. So anyway, so we're doing a Patreon fundraiser. Last time we did it for the Yellow Hammer Fund. This yeah. time we're doing it for AAPI Women Lead. Yeah. And if you go on the Patreon and you either join or you upgrade your dollars, we will double either your joining amount or your upgrade amount. Yes. And just like last time, when you join, we double it. That's just straightforward. But if you increase, we don't just double the increase. Like if you go from 15 to 20, we don't increase the $5 increment. We're increasing the total amount. So you're netting a $40 donation. And uh, I'm so excited. I love this charity. We, um, we've been following them on Instagram for a while, but they're just like, they're so cool. It's an all women and former sex worker led organization. And their whole point is to boost the voices and political capital of self-identifying Asian American and Pacific Islander women, girls, and non-binary folks. So they're part of the I'm Ready movement. So they do, you know, self-defense events and stuff like that. They do so much. Like when you go to their website, which is aapiwomenlead.org. I will confirm that and put it in the show notes. So just like I click. googled it and it was the first thing that came up. So yeah, 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 I, yeah, I put it on our Twitter the other day and I just did a Goog and it was the first thing. So just Google it or Bing it if that's what you're into. Or yeah, if you love a Bing instead of a Google, ask Jeeves about AAPI Women Lead. <laughs> Do what he says. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm way excited about it. So. Join the Patreon, and we'll give many more dollars than you give us to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last time we did this, doing. we raised like 
two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, yeah, something. Yeah. It was crazy we how much dollars it was. Nineteen hundred and eighty dollars, which yeah. was really, really incredible. It would be nice if we could do that again. I know people are still very job insecure, and it, it may not be yeah. as big this time. Yeah, but it would I'm, be cool. I'm cautiously optimistic about this fundraiser, simply because times are still really fucking tough for a lot of people. But you know, last time we helped all those uteri, you know. <laughs> And all those ladies who wanted to have a choice about their bodies and their lives and their reproductive freedoms. And this time, we're trying to help the force of of stemming the tide of anti-Asian grossness that unfortunately has been so prevalent during the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly. Thank you, Trump. Thank you, everybody. Stop being dicks. Stop being dicks. Stop it. Yeah. Don't attack Asian American women. Mm-mm. We don't like that. We don't like it. Yeah. And that is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any banter at all or should we just go right into Duke Who Didn't? I'm so excited about Duke Who Didn't. I can't even tell you how excited I am about Duke Who Didn't. I love a Duke Who Didn't. I also do. As you know, though, it took me a long time to get into this one. And I, I feel like this this has happened to me with every Courtney Milan book we've done. It just takes me a long time it to has. get into them. Then once I'm in, I'm in and it's fantastic. But I just yeah. couldn't I couldn't get rolling on this one. And then you told me to listen to the audio, which I am not an audio book person usually, especially for oh, the yeah, podcast, totally. because then I can't take notes. My notes are highlights as I go through. But I listened to the audio of this one, and the audio is fantastic, like incredible. Like the narrator is so good. Oh, yeah. And I usually don't know anything about that. I'm like, audio narrator is audio narrator. It's all the same to me. It's whatever. This this woman really Uh stood out. Mary Jane Wells is my actual idol. As far as, you know, later on, if I do seriously pursue an audiobook narration career, Mary Jane Wells is like the standard. She is so incredible. She was so good. Oh, my gosh. If I could bring the same level of personality and emotion to a non-historical that she does to a historical, like, oof. She's so, 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 so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I, she's, I mean, she's a really popular narrator, too. So so this is a long way of... What, what are you drinking that is so fancy? Melody is drinking the <laughs> fanciest, tiniest <laughs> coffee. My God. I am. The frothiest, so tiniest, <laughs> smallest glass slipper of coffee right now. I know. And if you're on the Patreon, you can see video of this tiniest, frothiest, cappuccinoist nonsense that I've got in my hand. Listen, Mother's Day was good to me. Michael, Michael Chen, my partner for life, I love him till the day I die. But some days I love him like an extra amount, you know, and this year Mother's Day was one of those days because he did get me a at home espresso machine situation that has actually changed my whole life. Like, first of all, I don't drink as many cups of coffee a day because I'm somehow just, I just love this. This is just all I need in the morning and it's amazing. It came with a goddamn milk frother and you should see the peaks that this thing can create on Costco soy milk. 
or like generic oat milk. Holy fuck balls. This milk frother is a goddamned revelation. We've joined a cult. Mm -hmm. It is a Nespresso machine cult. I now have like six sleeves of coffees and it usually breaks down to like a dollar a coffee. Oh, God. I never need to go to a Starbucks again. I'll still frequent independent coffee stores when I can in the future of the world, right? Because independent, you know, stores. got to do it. But my I God. I just wanted to make fun of your stupid tiny cup. <laughs> All I wanted. Why you, you can't make fun me? of me on this one. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. It's just <sighs> in club. <laughs> anyway. how they say it in the France. <laughs> I thought it was in Italy, espressos. You've got to say it in an Italy, not in a France. Oh, I don't know how to say incredible in, in Italy. Uh-oh. You're going to have to learn if you're going to keep being an espresso snob. Fair. I'm not an espresso snob. That's that's the thing. That's probably, you know, why you I'm so easy. You look like one. Anyway, so <laughs> I listened to the audio of this book instead of oh, yeah. reading it and highlighting it and doing notes. So this is partially me saying, wow, what a great audio of it. Yes. And partially me saying, I may or may not remember most of this book because I listened to it and that's not how I learn. Yeah, totally. Well, you said you went through it again today. I'm not worried about it. A little flipperoo. There you go. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. So we've got Chloe Fong. Chloe Fong. She is, Chloe Fong has got a plan. She's got a list Mm -hmm. and she's got three days to pull off the biggest challenge of her GD life. Because in three days, they are going to either make or break her father's dream of making the best sauce in the world and sticking it to the motherfuckers who took advantage of him earlier. Whistles and, and whites. Is that right? Whistle, white and whistlers. White, white and whistles. They were so mean to him. He had a sauce and they made a partnership with him and then they stole his sauce and then they took it and then they kicked him out on his butt yeah and it's like racist as well oh the biggest racism so much colonialist abusive bullshit so they they met mr fong they like i i don't remember his name because i think he's only referred to as abba but i don't think he had a first name in the whole book I that don't doesn't think so either. Sound. Okay. I'm glad I, I didn't. Uh, if I did, then sorry. But Mr. Fong was in Trinidad as an indentured servant because they escaped. He and Chloe escaped from the, well, the fall of the of the dynasty that came after the um, Taiping Rebellion. You're doing really good. No. <laughs> we got this. No, it's okay. It's oh, actually, I know a little bit about this. For real, for real, because uh, so the Taiping Tianguo is was the rebellion that happened after the Qing dynasty in like, I don't know, the 1850s or something like that. The only reason I know about this is because I took a feminine, like a worldwide feminism class at some point. And one of the most interesting things about this rebellion and the dynasty is the ways that they espoused to help women and then the ways in which they mostly just hurt them in different ways, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. the same ways. You know, like that old chestnut. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, the other thing about this book that I think every person should buy and read because of it is Courtney Milan's absolutely incredible author's note. 
at the end. Oh, I didn't read it. Oh my God. This author's note. She goes into the language. She goes into um, na- the way that um, she decided to name everyone. I can't believe she I read into- two fucking epilogues and not the author's note. I can't. <laughs> I hate. <laughs> Well, that's the one that's the one thing about the audible or the audiobooks that are bad. They usually don't read the author's oh, notes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But she goes into the history of the Hakka people. She goes into a lot of it. So like and and on her website, she goes in she has an entire food glossary that she couldn't fit into the author's note with like pictures because she made a lot of the food that she talked about in who, here there's who, pictures who of is the person that limited this author's note that was going to have a food glossary i'm sorry i know how dare they hello editor what is your name where do you live hello what is your deal how dare you how dare you i say i think it might actually have more to do with the fact that they couldn't really put pictures in no you know how dare who are you? Ha, yeah, you're the person right. who owns the ink who wouldn't give her enough. <laughs> I don't understand publishing. But <laughs> where do you live? Well, how do I find you? That's how I feel. That's right. Okay, all right. Well, you can find her incredible food glossary on her website and like sign up for her newsletter and do all the things that you should do with Courtney Milan. Ask goddamn goddess about it. That's the one. But anyway, so. Why was I going into this? Well, you started oh. to tell us how the family had fled the bad situation. They were in Trinidad and Mr. Fong yes. was an indentured servant. And then you went off on the the thing about the dynasty and the rebellion. And then you went to the author's note. So I'm not sure which one you're trying to get back to. But that has been the progression. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love <laughs> the flow chart you just created for me. I needed it. I'm here for you. You always are. You always are. Okay. So let's get back to the book. And then if I need to do more contextualizing, and I'm sure I'll think I need to. Later. <laughs> <Okay>. I can. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we got Chloe. She's yeah. um she's making lists. She makes a lot of lists. The book likes to talk about it. A lot. Oh, yeah. You may be a little turned off by the amount that the book talks about the lists at the beginning. Just keep charging charging forward. You just have to keep going. You just got to keep going. She is more than a list, eventually. It doesn't seem that way at first. Yeah. She's a perfectionist. Yes. She has a lot to do in three days because there's going to be this big festival in her town that is called Wedgeford. And the big festival has, like, a bunch of people coming in that are tourists. And there's, like, a big citywide game that happens. And then during this time, they're going to sell their pork buns and their sauce. And this is going to – and so this is, like, a new sauce that her dad has made that's, like, fuck whistles and uh, white. That's the one. We're going to make – this is an even better, Mm -hmm. double better sauce, and we're going to sell it. Yeah. But she can't – Chloe, ma'am – she can't fucking do anything that she needs. To. She could have prepped her shit months ago. We're three days to, to midnight, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D days and three. Uh huh. And she hasn't named the sauce, so she can't uh-huh. make the labels, so she can't make the jars, so she can't put it into the jars. Ma'am, I related to this. Oh, so hard. I so hard, Erin. Just call so it hard. sauce sauce and put a thing <laughs> on it. I was just if you need to rename it after the festival, go for it. I I could not. Honestly, could not. we're very lucky that we came up with the title of this podcast so naturally. Because if not, it never would have existed. We 
Sorry, I wanted to make it a thing like I named it and then I couldn't commit to it. I couldn't commit to the bit. Sorry. Okay, so anyway, all right, so she's got like a metric fuck ton to do and she mostly can't do it because she has not named unnamed sauce. Call it unnamed sauce. Call it, (laughs) call it that. But anyway, the other reason that she's having like movies are like filmed just being called unnamed Matt Damon project. Like you can just keep going. (laughs) Mindy did that and then she just called it the Mindy project. It's not hard. Just call it unnamed sauce. It's fine. I didn't know that. Sauce project. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. So here's the okay. thing. The other reason that she can't really focus on anything is because the Wedgford trials, which are also based on a real thing from a real town that hosted a real game, like that went really? back to ancient times. Yes. Ah, that author's note. It, it's the one time of year that she gets to see her childhood love, the man that she cannot think about anymore because he has not come back for three years. So she's like, I've been attempting not to think about him. I finally got to the point that sometimes I can cross off my list item that says think about him only once today, but usually I can't. No, because you thought about him when you put him on the list and then you think about him again and you cross him off. It's a self-defeating list. Anyway. Wow, that's that's a really good point that I had not even considered. As Look soon as it was written, works, I was Sarah. like, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> your brain is so sexy. Isn't that so hot? Oh, I love so it. So smart. So. I'm such a hot genius all the time. <laughs> all right. So anyway, she's like, I'm not going to think about him. I'm not going to think about him. And then she hears a familiar voice say, Chloe. And she whirls around and she drops most of her sauce bottles and her She's list. got all these sauce bottles. Clamor, clamor, clamor to the ground. Um, clamor, clamor, crash, splash, mm-hmm. you know, uh, shatter mm-hmm. is, a, is a sound I was attempting to come up with. Good job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so she looks at him. She looks over her shoulder and she says, he looked the way laughter sounded. <sighs> How dare you, Courtney? How dare you? Be so good. She has these lines that are so good. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Okay. So then she looks at him and she's like, you. And he says, oh, I love the fact that, you know, after all this time, you're still so informal with me, but you don't need to use my last name because he introduced himself as Jeremy You all those years ago. He's like, you can just call me Jeremy. And she's like, I was not calling you by your surname. I was saying you were just a generic pronoun. (laughs) <laughs> generic pronoun i don't even like you anymore <laughs> it's really cute she's so mad yes yeah and she knows that you isn't even his real name she thinks to herself which is important later and then um she looks down and she realizes that not only has she smashed all the sauce but her precious list is now destroyed covered in <sighs> sauce she can't even read most of the things yeah because she has her list is on the the most newly invented it's like she invented the clipboard or somebody did. that's right a lot, a lot of time is spent on the fact that there's a clipboard in this year, and yes. I just remember that time that Tessa Dare had a game of like racquetball or something, and then yeah. at the end she was like, "I know there wasn't a racquetball." 
Yeah. Whatever. Or like that time that there was Halloween in the midnight manzanias. And then at the end, the author was like, I know there wasn't no Halloweens. Like, yeah. Let's just, I kind of wish we could have skipped all the clipboard stuff. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing. This is our perspective. And do you remember that time when the last time we did a Courtney Milan book, the After We Fall, I think it's called book. No, no. After We Fall was Sex Tree and e- Eggs. Oh, how did I fuck that up? Af- is it after the wedding? After the wedding, I bet is it that, is. Is that the right? It's the where she's like right. forced to marry the guy at gunpoint or whatever. Yes. Oh, okay. boy, that's a fun one. That's such a good book. Hot. Anyway, do you remember that time when we said, oh, yeah, it's totally like Regencies or something. And there was an actual telegraph in it. Uh, so like that's <sighs> our perspective, you know. <laughs> um, also, it's not really Courtney Milan's style to like hand wave history, but not that it no. is the other two authors we mentioned. But I, I was, I did, I could have used less clipboard history. That's all I'm trying to say. Here. <laughs> anyway, so she's got sauce on her clipboard, and he's like helping her clean it off, and like he knows how important oh, uh, the lists are to uh, her. Wait, yes, wait, real quick, okay. real quick. I'm yes. so sorry. Yeah. So he he gets down to pick up all the stuff before she can get there. And he's got like a handkerchief and he's pulling up the glass shards. And then it says the sight of him on his knees before her. It brought to mind wicked things, things she'd only allowed herself to imagine before. The sexual tension in this book is at an eight from the beginning from both of Mm -hmm. their perspectives. It is fucking magic. Yes. Agreed. And then he's like, yeah, so so he has such a he has so much respect for her list and everything. But he says she's like, this is a tragedy, basically. And he goes, you know, on the bright side, you can now put me on your list when you remake it. Yeah, I'd like to be on the list. I would and like she's all for fluttery you to- and, oh. and weird about it. And she's like, no, you're not. Go- you don't you don't get to go on my list anymore. You don't get to dictate my list. As I make not, the list for me. I make lists for myself. Yeah. I haven't even seen you in three years, Jeremy, yeah. you. You abandon her? You? Yes. You? <sighs> yes. I do love that it's basically like a teeny tiny who's on first moment. Yes. In this chapter. And <laughs> teeny, I, teeny, 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 tiny, yeah. tiniest little one. Okay. So anyway, we switch to his perspective and we get like just a taste of how perfect he thinks she is. Ugh. Geez, he's like, I've thought about her in this exact gown so many times and like not maybe like maybe not quite her in it, but like getting her out of it so yes. many times and the tassel earrings she always wears and the um that goddamn freckle that he talks about on her neck. Neck freckle. Like I the descriptions of how both of these people looked were like so just well executed and, yes. and through each of their lenses. It was so yeah. good. Yeah, it so was so, 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 so good. I mean, one of the things I really, really loved is that we, I mean, Courtney Milan is a master at this in general, and I think that more authors should take note of the way that she does this, but we find out that Chloe is full Chinese, and uh, what's his name? Jeremy. Sorry. Jeremy Yu. Jeremy Yu is half Chinese, and we find that out because it's right after she says, um, like, looking at him, or he looked the way that laughter sounded. Mm-hmm. And she says she looks at his face and she sees how similar they were in some ways, like, even though he was half Chinese. And she talks about the, his wide nose and the fold of his eyes and his cheekbones and, like, just all this beautiful structural stuff that I think a lot of other author, authors do super wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then this was just fucking gorgeous. 
Okay. So yeah, back to this. She's like, you can't make my list. I make my list. I make my, I do it for me. And then he says, I genuflect to the sovereignty of your list. Hot. And I, I would die for this hero. I, I would get injured for this hero. I, I wouldn't die for him in the way that I would have died for our last hero, but oh. I did love him so much. I would throw myself in front of a carriage for this hero if I <laughs> needed to. I fucking love this man. He's so funny. I would also, if it only led to injury. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> no, I loved this hero. Oh, man, he's so good. He, he says that her list is sacred and then he thinks to himself, like, he's there but at court. May her. I may I wait one, one moment? Do may I read the fucking bing bing Listen, hey, What's I have up? something I have a thing to say that just popped into my head. Listen, Melody. Can't wait. I do recall a book that we just did most m- the most recent book we did where you were like, Oh, and just talk to each other. Why can't people just talk to each other? That's the only conflict in this book. And I'm nitpicking it because people just need to talk to each other. This book is very people just need to talk to each other. That's true. No, it is keep throwing items in their own way to not talk <laughs> to each other. Like kinda. Yeah, very similarly that's, that's to flirting thing. with forever but that's yeah. the thing when you love a book when you love a book <laughs> i you, know you don't yeah anyway i know and so I'm i just said saying. that in our last two episodes i didn't die. but i didn't say it and here i am <laughs> no and i completely agree with you there's a lot of like just shut the fuck up and let the other one talk yes. or like don't stop worrying about the Why deadline are we playing of games yeah, the perception just, of that. Yeah. Oof. I know. Anyway, okay, okay, so. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. So then he thinks to himself, like, I'm here to marry this girl. I like my whole point in being here is to court her. And yet I can't say things like, I respect the things are important to you. I'm such a clown that instead I say things like I genuflect to the sovereignty of your list. Like what the Jeremy, fuck is that's my hotter. problem? That's hotter, Jeremy. It's hotter. I mean, it's hotter when you know how into her he is. Yes. And so from her perspective, a lot of times, because, you know, his love language is teasing, which I also love. Mm-hmm. So from her perspective, she's like, he's just always making jokes about me. And it's cute and I like it, but like he hasn't been here for three years. He obviously doesn't care about me. And so all the jokes that I used to think were him flirting, love languaging at me. Yeah. Is now like, mm, 
I don't think mm-hmm. so. And I, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, we find out that three years ago, the last time okay. he was here. So this did- is why. Yeah. This is why she thinks the jokes are, you know, him being not serious. Because three years ago, he leaned in to smooch her under like oh. a gazebo or something sure. after the Wedgford trials. Mm-hmm. And she put her hand on his chest and said, only you need to be serious. Like, yeah. I don't I don't want to do this if we're just going to mess around. You've got to be serious about me to do this. And then instead of being like, I am so serious about you that I'm I'm going to marry you super right in now. love and I'm going to marry you. I can't wait. Um, He was like, oh, OK, then never mind. And then he, and then he didn't come back for three years. <laughs> so now because like her whole thing was be serious and he couldn't. The jokes are falling a little flat. Uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would think so. And the biggest reason that this happens is because he is the Duke of Lansing. And the Duke of Lansing owns their whole town. He owns mm-hmm. all of their houses. He owns everything there. But the dukedom has sort of forgotten that they own this town over the years. So, like, they haven't, and nobody's paid rents in 53 years, all the things. And when he got there, he didn't want anybody to, like, bow and scrape and your grace him to death. He just wanted to be himself. He was a kid, too. He was, was, like, 10 or 12 or something like that. And so he was trying to get away from all the bullshit and be anonymous. But now, 12 years on, or 10 years on, he hasn't told anybody And he's like, I couldn't be serious about her right then because I have a hard time in my normal life with all of the racism and terribleness. And so how could I ask her to be a part of that life when I don't know how I can safely fit her into it? And she doesn't know who I am. She's not making an informed decision. Yes. And she has her own life here in Wedgford with her father and like the sauce business and stuff. And those are her dreams. And yeah, he can't make her choose. I know. She's like, are you going to be serious? Like, have you done any self-reflection at all? Or like any self-improvement, I think she says. And then he's like, you know, actually, I haven't. (laughs) And (laughs) he's like, I don't make lists. But if I did, I wouldn't have put it on there because I don't think that it's possible or something like that. Like, you should have made a list. And she's like, I wish that I could make your list. And then he gets this spur of the moment idea. And he's like, congratulations. I am here to grant your wish. You can absolutely make a list for me. I need a list for my aunt because she wants me to get married. And she says that I like don't have anything. I don't have to have anything to do with it as long as I get her a list of like somebody I might be attracted to. And I've come to the conclusion that I will absolutely take a wife if she's like you. So I want you to make a list of your qualities to give to my aunt so she can pick me a wife. How, what what a ridiculously infuriating thing to do to a person. I don't I don't understand. Because like, you know, she rejected him three years ago because he wasn't serious about her. And now he's playing freaking games. This is me both saying fuck and frick um in one sentence. He's playing games with her uh-huh. like whole oh, I want a list of things that are like you but not like you. Stop it. Be serious. <laughs> uh, have, have you become serious? Yes, I've become super serious. I'm here to marry you, Chloe. Book over. 20 pages. Well, 
he still hasn't figured out how he's going to fit her into his life. And well, this part is of a that bad involves listening. Making a list of her mm. qualities so that he can marry someone <laughs> just like her but not her is a bad way, Jeremy. It's bad. No, I, he's fucking her. with her. Overall, I agree with you hard. However, there is a line in there that undercuts your premise, and that is that he knows that if he's like, <laughs> she's rolling her eyes hard at me if you're not watching the video. <laughs> he knows that if she if he were to say i'm here to marry you she would be like hardy har fucking har you haven't been here for three years you obviously don't care about me stop making jokes at my expense and fuck off and so he's like i need her to convince herself that i would want to marry her and so i'm gonna have her make a list of all her qualities good and bad and tell her that i love them all is what he says to himself. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I get it, but it's a game. Just be like, Chloe, I'm here to get serious. It, I hear you. I, I'm serious about you. Yeah. And your whole thing. Your whole I'm thing. About. I'm here to get All serious about your whole thing. Yeah. I've spent three years trying to get serious. Yeah. Check me out. Check me out. Here I am. Here I am. I've done it. <laughs> yep. But he hasn't. So she refuses. And she's like, you couldn't even pay me to make that list. And he's like, <laughs> actually, that's a great idea. I totally I'll pay you can. to make that list. And she keeps on saying no until they get to 10 whole pounds, which. What does in, it mean? It's probably like 500 or or $1,000. Here's the thing. We, we listen. I, I forgot to look it up. Yeah. But also, Darcy, do you recall? Billions oh, yeah. and billions of dollars. So this is probably like at least like. I would say probably like $5 million, like at least like $500 million. <laughs> yeah, probably, I bet it's about Based there. on previous research. Uh, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. What not so. this like, this is what, 1860 Schmerv? Something like that? It's around there, I would yeah. say. There's mm-hmm. a telegraph, so it's around there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also a train. All right, everyone. <laughs> so we know it's not 1813. Okay. History when lovers out there. When did trains happen? I feel like before I then. Know, but they have a telegraph and a train, Aaron. I'm gonna go d- carry on. I'm carry gonna on. Ask Aaron's you gonna trains. do a Google. Figure out when when our trains happen when in our <laughs> trains. <laughs> Listen, the the main line over the U.S. was built after the Civil War. So 1804, you bitch, is when oh, trains were invented. All the right, when our telegraph working railway steam locomotive was built in the UK in 1804, <laughs> and this happens there in England during England times. So it's right. There could it's all England trains. times, according in to heaving bosoms. Ask when times. our telegraph happens. When our telegraphs happen, <laughs> I'm gonna just I googled when our trains invented, um, and so I'm just gonna. <laughs> well, change. okay, but it has to be after 1804, regardless, because trains have to be like everywhere, you know, like the train system. But has England to... isn't all that big. England's pretty small, I've heard. Yeah, 1830s for that telegraph. Okay, all right, yeah. Anyway, we're in like the 1840 or 60 Schmervs. I thought it was the 60 Schmervs. I thought it Hold said on. 60 Schmervs. I'm just going to go back. It always Who's says listening to this one. Whoa, laugh riot. Just <laughs> us learning history in real time. Heaving <laughs> bosoms where you can listen to two women learn about history in real time. What? It's what? 1891. No. <laughs> was what? This book, 1891 <laughs> is where we are. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we're so smart. All right. Sixes are like nines, just um, flippity flopped. That's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So she's like, absolutely. You don't know, have any idea how much making this list is going to crush my whole soul. But he does. But he does. But he does. <laughs> That's the thing. He does. <laughs> ah. <laughs> she's anyway. so mad. Jeremy. But she's like, I can't pass it up. That's too much money. And so she says that she requires a contract, and he says, yes, absolutely. And also, make that the first thing on the list. I need a wife who insists I sign contracts. I love it. All right, so now she goes home to her house. Her dad is there, and he's like, go pay respects to Ame, her mother. And so she goes, and she does it the way he taught her, which is to light two incense sticks instead of the customary one. What? (laughs) You said incest incense. (laughs) I just got to honor her mother, and it was really funny to me. It was sorry, a, I'm sorry. It it's really like a great event. ceremony that's very reverent. Yeah, and I'm sorry, it was an unfortunate. But you did say incest thing. incense, and <laughs> something got caught in my throat at a very inopportune moment. I'm going to take a drink funny. and try it again. Anyway, she does like those two incense sticks to she honor does. her mother. And she talks to her at this little, like, kind of shrine thing that she has. And this is where we find out some of the, most of the background about her mom. Because after the Taiping Rebellion, the leader, like, opened things up to women. Because he was Hakka, which is where Chloe and her family descend from. And so since the Hakka people, in the author's note, actually, Courtney Milan explains it that, like, probably due to the fact that they were historically impoverished, like, on a cultural level or like on the whole their society and their ways of of interacting with each other were way more egalitarian and so this leader comes in and he had these very lofty goals of making china much more gender equal than it was during the previous dynasty and like he was super anti-foot binding which was really prevalent at the time and he also as shown in the book opened up the imperial examination so that women could like take the tests and do the thing and be a part of the government oh and also the job that her mom has in here the chancelloress of the of the winter department oh i didn't even notice her mom's job she had a cool big job she had a cool big job she was like chancelloress of the winter department i think it was called and that's a real job and that was the one position that a woman had in real life history. That's pretty cool. And that was a real department and all that shit, right? Yeah. So super, super cool. I and it just sounds really sexy, the Chancelloress of the Winter Department. I know. Very sexy. And no. Yeah. Anyway, so her dad always tells her stories about her mom and her little brother. And anytime she asks for stories about him, Meaning, he always talks about himself in the third person. Oh, the mom's little brother. So her mom's uncle. little brother. Yeah, not yes. Chloe's little brother. Yeah, correct. And so he always talks about himself in the third person being like, oh, Baba was this, right? Mm-hmm. And so she knows way more about her mom and her little brother than she does about her dad. And it's just really sweet. So anyway, the mom was this big deal in the new regime and I, be- I mean, we don't get into specifics in the actual book, but it seems like her husband was also a super big deal in the regime. And they were like, they were like part of the foundation of the original rebellion. Mm-hmm. So 
once the very charismatic leader died in, I think, like 1864 or something, the dudes from the old regime came back and they were like, nah, we're not doing this. You're not allowed to be in charge anymore. That was a Pyrrhic victory anyway. And the way that you took over killed like, I think, 20 or 30 million people over the 10 years they fought. It was like bad. That's a lot. It's a metric fuck ton. Actually, I think this is the like the most devastating civil war in all of history that we know of. I'm pretty sure. I hope so. Like I know, right? <laughs> it's a bad. Yeah. So the dad sent her mom away with mm-hmm. like all of the family jewelry. You guys, listen, I I, I just want to be clear. Sorry. The the guy that she calls Baba is her uncle, is the little brother of the mom. Because now you're talking about oh, the yeah. dad as if it's not the dad. And like, it's a spoiler. It's the end of the book. But that guy is her uncle. Her dad has died as well as her mom. Um, and he has yes. raised her as his daughter. So she calls him dad and has believed her whole life that he's her dad. But that's not the case. So yeah, Melody right. is now talking about the parents who are, it was actually not Mr. Fong, her dad, who's there. Okay. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So he made the her dad, the, her uncle dad, made uh, the promise. Oh, no. That sounds like incest, too. That's not what I meant. Her no. uncle dad. Who so asks the- her daily to light the incest How am I supposed to not say it? I know I'm trying to be very serious. You're very, very <sighs> history right now, but you just keep setting them up for me to strike and I can't <laughs> I not. Know. I'm a clown. Anyways. All right. What were you saying about her uncle dad? <laughs> Now I can't even remember. Oh, on her deathbed, the man yes. who was always taking care of her, who she refers to as Abba, made the promise that she would never go hungry. She would always be supported or something like that. And that she would live up to her name. And that's always been very confusing to Chloe because her name essentially translates to the sound feathers make or the sound of feathers. Mm-hmm. And she's like, feathers don't make a sound. And so, like, I don't know what that means. And Chloe's not very quiet. She's a yeah. very, like, she's very go get them sort of person. Yeah. And so she's, you know, she's not meek as as you might as you might think like a a more silent person could be. You know what I mean? Like that's the way she thinks about it. Is like I'm. I think I'm not what my mom wanted me to be, and that makes me a tiny bit sad. Mm-hmm. But also, I love her so much. Okay. So anyway. She and her dad chat about a lot of stuff and they're like, she's really excited about this White and Whistler takeover that they're going to enact. And he's like, stop bragging before we get going because it's bad luck and also eat more. You're too skinny. (laughs) Too skinny. (laughs) Eat, eat, eat. There's a lot of great food descriptions in this book. Oh my God. The food porn in here is incredible. And they speak when they're alone the Hakka language, which also becomes fairly important. Yes. Yeah. So they speak Hakka, and then Jeremy predominantly speaks Cantonese, but he can sort of follow Hakka a tiny bit and, like, say hi and bye and probably where's the bathroom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was just so refreshing to read this book after we read that match play book where it was like, I spent two months in Beijing, so I speak Korean. I was like, that's not how any of this works. Mm, It was was very um, refreshing to see people struggling with different dialects even if they are both chinese or half chinese and the history was really interesting and the the different cultures within china was very interesting completely yeah it was it was so cool 
All right. So anyway, so now she told her dad that Jeremy's here. She like sort of tried to casually drop it in there because she still needs to name unnamed sauce. And she's like, I can ask Jeremy because he's like, you know, super British. And the dad's like, he's not that British. He's not British enough for you to like have to talk to him right now. Like protect yourself, basically. And she's like, oh, I mean, I'm just going to go and like meet up with him on the green. But he, she doesn't. <laughs> totally fine. That. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> But on the way, she decides that she's going to give him her own proposition. Oh, oh, my God. Wait. Did you love the scene with Andy? Like, just the way that he interacts with all the people in Wedgford? Yeah, he has these friends in Wedgford. I don't know if they're going to get books or not. But he has, like, all these good friends who, like, don't know who he really is and, like, treat him normal. And it, it's just, yeah, he, he's he got buddies there, which is kind of cool. And, like, he hasn't seen them in a long time. And they don't they don't care that he's been gone. They don't, like, there's right. just no, there's no ickiness at all. Yeah. It's just, like, right back to normal. And, yeah, the friends <sighs> are so great. Nice. In this book. Yeah. And, and all of the friends usually make some sort of comment about how, you know, the Duke who didn't. I think it's called the the Duke Good Riddance, the fucking Duke all the time. Yeah. And Jeremy always plays along. Yeah, because he's not around. He's not duking it up on the lands at all. He's just like completely absent. So they they curse yeah. the Duke all the time for like owning their lands, but then doing nothing to improve them. Right. But he's also not collecting rent. So it's like, mm. yeah, it's kind of a wash. But yeah, Jeremy's like, he, every time this happens, he's always like, fuck the fucking Duke and his stupid fucking Dukeness. <laughs> and and, they, and like, everybody laughs. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Okay. He hears her come up behind him and he's like telling Andy about an appointment he has with Miss Fong. Mm-hmm. And then Andy's like, oh, what is this appointment for? Like, what are you going to be doing the next couple of days? And he's like, I'm just going to bask in her magnificence for as long as she'll let me, knowing that she's standing back there. Oh, it's so cute. Very cute. So they go sit down to talk business. And she's like, I've got some things that I want to do. But first, I have a proposition for you. This scene was so good. So (gasps) good. Thank you. I... Loved this scene. <gasps> Tell me everything. Well, she bit, she's like, okay, here's the here's the deal. Because I'm a serious business lady and I'm very busy. That's right. And I would like for somebody to smooch me. Yeah. And I would like it to be you. And I would mm-hmm. like it to be a business smooch. Right. So that I can know what smooching is like. And That's then right. it will be done. I would like a transactional business smooch. That's right. She says that she's going to be busy for, like, the next decade or so. She's so, going like, to be too busy to smooch. Wants to get out of the way. Would like to do it quick and dirty. That's right. And one of the things she definitely says is, like, but I need you to promise, like, not to despoil me. Yeah. Because she starts the whole thing off by being, like, I know that you're here to seduce me. And it's really cute because he's, like, I mean, yep. kind of, I guess. Like, that's not how I would put it. And it's definitely lacking in a lot of nuance. But, like, I suppose I'm here to seduce you in a way. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, well, you can't despoil me. And he says, okay, well, let's put the smooch aside. You want insurances about what happens after the smooch. Yes. So the compromise I will give to you is I will not despoil you unless you make a numbered plan before the event. Like, if you design what happens, then I will consider despoiling you. 
Hmm. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he's like really taking this plan seriously, but also being cheeky. And it's everything I love about Jeremy. And oh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> and then um, and then she's like, OK, well, that's fine. Do you agree? And he goes, well, it's like a 60 percent chance. Yes. And then she like <laughs> withers into a husk. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, God, only have I have I read this thing all wrong? And then he goes, and it's a 40 percent chance that I'll say yes but I'll do it loudly. <laughs> just, so cute and funny. It's like, yeah. <sighs> and then they start talking about the list. And she's like. Is this when he starts smooching up on her hand? Oh, yeah. We're, okay, we're good, getting good, good. there. Okay, oh, so yeah. now we're talking about the list. The list yeah. is boring. And is she's like, what, we're going to so talk think- about physical stuff. We're going to talk about ambitions. We're going to talk about intellect. We'll talk like we'll we'll do things in those sort of categories. And he's like, that's fine. But I also need to you're leaving off like wants and dreams and fantasies. And those are very important. And I specifically want to know how they apply to you. Mm-hmm. So we definitely need to go over that. And she's like, <laughs> that's redundant because ambitions are basically dreams and wants and fantasies and all those things. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. Or is it the dry ambitions that really keep you up at night? And she goes, my ambitions are lofty. They are absolutely not dry. And not dry. He, he's like, he's like, hmm, okay. Would you say that right now you might be becoming, I don't know, the opposite of dry? Because that would be very interesting. And she goes, she, <laughs> she's like, ah, like forget it. No, stop. <laughs> my ambitions are neither dry nor wet. Now they're oh, now it's so like good. that's a hair over here. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> so then. So but then, then oh. he's like, he's like playing Wait, with her hand. So he, she's no, like, no, I want to talk about it. I know, but yes. I'm just setting it up. Kay. That's all I'm doing. You get to talk about it. You get okay. to do it. Okay. 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 Because she's like, all right, but we also need a list of like, you know, the differences, right? Doesn't she say that? And then he's like, he's like, no, I don't really yeah, I need think a list so, of probably. differences yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Oh, no. She says, no, that happens later because she says, all right, fine. You want a list? I'll make a list. Um, I am prickly. I am intimidating, intimidating. And like, there's one other thing. And he picks up her hand and he starts talking about how she's not prickly. She's other things. And she's not the other thing. She's a really cute thing, like determined or whatever. And then what is he doing, Erin? He's got her hand in his hand. And oh then he starts doing like a mouth times on her hand. Oh, my God. And then he starts sucking on her pinky a little bit. Oh, my just God. Just like a smidgen. And she's like, mm. God, why are you? Stop it. And like gets her hand back. And <gasps> my, she's wait, like, wait, We're wait. Just- my favorite part of that whole thing. I'm so sorry. Because he, he does that mouth. He does that smooch on her palm. And then he kisses the tip of her thumb and the tip of her index finger or something like that. And then she's like, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm I'm kissing your palm. Did I not? Am I not? Okay. If it's not obvious enough, I need to be more serious about it. And so he does. He Then he does the suck. So it's like a bantery suck. It is. It is Aaron. a suck banter. A banter it's like suck. the suckiest banter. But she no. does. When when she gets like too horned up with this, she mm-hmm. does take her hand back. That's the one. Yeah. And then he's very like, listen, if I'm going to do a smooch on you, we got to we gotta rev it up to the smooch times. And she's like, no, I, wanted, I want a dry transactional smooch and he's like well that's not a smooch i'm not gonna teach you a smooch if it's not if it's not that's not what a smooch is that's not what kissing is and also you're gonna be really disappointed if that's the case and neither of us want to be disappointed and then she goes i actually want to be very disappointed why do you think i chose you (laughs) (laughs) it's the i don't like you so good (laughs) 
It was a hot. Oh, it's the hottest. This is also, I think, the conversation where he, she tells him to stick his head in the river and drink. And that's and the second thing he, he wants on the list. adds that to the list, that he wants a woman who will tell him specifically to stick his head she in has the to, river and drink. At least once in her life, she has to tell him that. That's the thing that's on the list. Oh, yep. my God. Okay. And then the other thing that happens in this scene is that as she's describing this kiss, she's like, I just, this is the proposition I'm giving you, and I want you to know that you will have to make no effort to secure this result. Like, you just, this is the agreement we have. You don't have to do anything leading up to it. We're just kissing. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh, Chloe. And he, like, says her name a couple of times, and he's so earnest. And he says, it's obviously your choice. Like, it's always your choice. But please, please, don't kiss a man who doesn't give you any effort. Or who doesn't think you deserve effort. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> then later on, he tells her that she's always worth the effort at some point. Jesus. <sighs> this scene. Holy balls. This is the best scene in the book. It might be. It is. It's it's really, really excellent. Oh, and then, oh, so then after this, she goes, she goes, okay, so you said I'm not hard and I'm not prickly, but you didn't argue about intimidating. And he's like, no, I didn't. Because that goes I need list. my wife to be intimidating. I want her enemies to fall before her. So my wife absolutely needs to be intimidating. And it is a fucking swoon. Yeah. And she's like, this was supposed to be something that he was like, I want her to have black hair. I want her to wear spectacles or whatever. And now he's fucking with my heart. Like, this isn't fair. Oh, hmm. All right. So now she goes and talks to her best friend because her best friend needs a name because they have to make labels tonight and she wants a hundred more jars than than chloe is prepared to give her and she needed more jars two weeks ago because everybody's already been wanting <laughs> to buy the sauce and they're just leaving she's money wasting on the table. her time on kissing lessons i just can't she's with- not that take it back she's not wasting just, any time on those kissing le- lessons feel like She's just really procrastinating herself into a corner here, and it was very yeah. high anxiety for Aaron. Oh, read. yeah, most definitely. But anyway, Naomi at the end of this conversation is like, I want 100 extra jars, and I want you to hide a widge lot, which is like a fraud that they do. They hide like fake things for the trial. Not a big deal, except yeah, that it's a big game later. that the, it's like a capture the flag sort of a thing. It's like the yes. big game for Wedgeford is like Wedgeford divides into wedges and they hide these things in yes. the thing. And then the the group that gets the real wedge is uh, the winner. Good Congratulations. Yes. All right. The precocious child, Mr. Wilder Schmampshire. There is a, pre- <sighs> hi, good morning. Hi. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> There is a precocious <laughs> child in this book. <laughs> However, because neither our hero nor our heroine is responsible for raising the precocious child, it didn't bother me very much. Yeah. He's a character in the book and not a, I don't know. A, I don't know. I didn't find him that annoying. He's not a plot point. No. No. You know what? He is a vehicle. But he is kind of. Yeah, because you're about to say it. Yeah, he's a vehicle for very, very necessary ex... Position? Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> what the fuck happened in my brain? <laughs> well, and what I was going to say... Yeah, so he's he's a great way to explain what's going on with the trials. He's a great way to explain what 
happened when Jeremy first came to Wedgford when he was right. a child. Um, and he's a great stand in for Jeremy, like Jeremy watching this child go through his first trial is yep. very illuminating for him and his own self-reflection. Cause he's a rich kid. He came here. There are certain rites of passage that you go through, like getting assigned to a local to do the trials, getting pinned with a nickname, which Jeremy's is posh, posh Jim. Jim. Yeah. You know, so like the kid wants a nickname and he wants to be assigned to somebody. And when Jeremy first came to Wedgford, he was assigned to Chloe. This is how they met. This is their meet cute. This is their that's how cute. they met. And that's why I liked the child because it helped. Yeah. He helped illuminate the history of the main of the characters. couple. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it says this later on at some point. So he met her when he was assigned to her and she fell for him. Because she always had a hard time making friends with, like, the kids. She was always a little bit too serious, and she didn't – she was a little awkward. She didn't know how to join in the games. And so Jeremy just treated her like she was always a part of the games. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, do you want to come play with us? And she froze because she didn't – like, she just got really panicky. And so he looked at her – because all the other kids were like, oh, no, she never plays. Don't even worry about it. And he looked at her, and he goes, if you, if you want to play with us, just nod. And mm-hmm. so she just nodded and then she was like, oh, he gets me. He sees me. He helps me. He greases the way for like life to be better. Mm-hmm. And it's, ugh, it's the best. Okay. So then Chloe comes out and somebody starts teasing her about her list and like sort of please keep away with her list and stuff. And Jeremy's like, I need to go fix this. So he goes over. And he gets the thing for her and he's like, hey, you don't you don't tease her about the list. And everybody's like, you tease her the most. And he's like, not like this. I do it nicely. And I, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Chloe shouts. And I like it when he teases me. That's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) So then as they leave, because Barry's like, Barry's like, "Okay, so when do I when do I get a chance to like tease you or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. You're going to have to wait for her to put you on your list. And I'm actually on the list for the next hour. So like we have to go. It's fucking adorable. So as they like leave, because he's carrying the giant basket with the with the fraud widgelot in it. Well, because, yeah, because Naomi asked her to hide one of the widgelots. Yeah, the fake ones, the fake Mm -hmm. ones. Fake widgelot. Yeah. And so as they leave, he's like he's teasing her. So he's teasing her about how he teases her and he's teasing her about loving the fact that he teases her. And it was just like my catnip all wrapped in one. Like it was was good. It was this meta tease that (laughs) made my heart melt. It was good. It was so good. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent Would Always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent Would Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. 
I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. So now they sit down because she's really overwhelmed and she's like, I have now I have all this extra work. I have to name on name sauce and I can't do anything until I like she tells him about the predicament. She tells him about the extra hundred jars like it's a bad and um, he sort of helps her talk through and prioritize all this shit. So as they're going through, they're making the list. He's like, okay, so we got to name it. We got to fill them. We got to do this. We got to do that. And you've got a really long list here, but we're going to be kissing like often for the next few days. And that's not <laughs> on here. So yeah. we're going to need to be really efficient about it. And yes. she just like, oh, she blushes so hard. It's beautiful. When he starts talking about helping her with her list, like yes. I can help with this. I can help with that. And she's like very uncomfortable with him helping her. She's like, you don't even know how to do manual labor. Oh, my God. The, so the amount of times this book suggests that putting sauce in jars is, like, super <laughs> difficult. Taxing. And I understand that it might be super <laughs> difficult and taxing physically, you know, for her right. father who has arthritis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just doing that over and over can mm-hmm. hurt your hands and your back and, you know. But the amount of times... A person in the Fong family, meaning <laughs> Chloe or Mister, looks at Jeremy as like, you've never even tried to fill a jar with a sauce. How dare you? It's so strange to me. It's not yeah. that hard. No, the I know. The man has they, put cream into coffee sound... before. I'm sure the man has poured a thing into another thing right, successfully. Right. They make it sound in like life. incredibly complicated. Yes. When it's really just like repetitive and hard on the body. You yes. know? It's really fun. Yeah. And this is also really cute because he's like, I can absolutely help you because, you know, you need things carried to and fro. I can carry two. I can even carry fro. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, I doubt it. <laughs> it's cute. It got it's so cute. So anyway, during this whole thing, she says that we should put this on the list. You don't want a wife. What? I'm sneezing. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I muted myself to sneeze. I, I was looking down, and so all I saw was you like pop up into the camera, and I was like, "What does she need?" <laughs> sneeze times. <laughs> I needed time for sneeze. <laughs> sorry, sorry, audio listeners. You're fine, um, and you're welcome, video listeners. Frankly, that was great. <laughs> um, so she's like. One thing we need to put on the list is that I know you don't want a lady who overpromises herself and then panics when she's got too much on her list. And uh, oh my gosh, does he like? Oh wait, maybe this big is hot. this is when he kisses her palm. Oops! <laughs> Damn it! I knew it! I knew it was maybe later. Sorry, sorry, friends. Sorry, and everyone. Th- this is the most bestest scene in the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he does do that that palm kiss and finger suck that we the bantery suck that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Banter by suck. the way, I do want a wife who overpromises and panics if she's like you. It's the best. I can't. So now they go have lunch with dad. Oh god, yes. He's super spices. 
Oh my all god. Of his food. Uncle Dad giving <laughs> Uncle him the Dad. pink bowl just full of the most spices so that just like mucuses comes out of all of his holes and he can't and he knows it's a test. Oh and yeah. He, like he knows that he has to eat this whole bowl of just like the the most like face frying spice. Uh-huh. And, and he, he and Mr. Fong even he like he makes eye contact with Jeremy and without breaking eye contact he like reaches over and picks up a little sack and then undoes the sack and then pours a bunch of red spices into his hand full eye then, contact uh, and then puts it into his bowl and like wipes his hands and then stirs it in all while making he thinks very this guy eye contact. yeah he thinks he just swoops in I get where yeah. Mr. Fong's coming he Same. swoops in every year. He messes with his daughter, mm-hmm. and then he, he leaves, and it's not yeah. fair to Chloe, and no. his bullshit is bullshit, and I get it, That's Mr. Right. Fong, and he needs to prove that he's serious, and eating this spicy bowl multiple times throughout the book. Ooh. Spicier and spicier. And a spicy bow at one point. Like, it's, he commits to this. <laughs> I think Courtney <laughs> Milan really describes realistic life really well. Oh, yeah. Let's just see how many times I can say real in a sentence. I think four times in that one. Um, But, like, she's a very descriptive writer. But Mm. I really feel like it's true that Jeremy had diarrhea for most of this book. (laughs) And, like, hot diarrhea. Hot, (laughs) spicy, spicy diarrhea. Those were hot squirts that happened. (laughs) Yeah, and I really just feel like Courtney Milan just hand waves the horrible, just, like, (laughs) liquid volcano shits that Jeremy was having every night after he ate these spicy bowls. And I didn't I didn't appreciate it. I didn't find it to be very realistic. <laughs> you wanted him to clutch his, his yeah. abdomen at one point and run off and you wanted them to hear him groaning from the outhouse. I hope there yes. were outhouses right now. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Critics of romance often say that romance isn't realistic enough and is just a fantasy and it doesn't portray real life and real couples. And sure. this is this is the problem. This is the problem. Wow. Wow, Courtney. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is the problem with modern romance, you know? This just gives the critics more and more fodder, is what I think. Is not describing Jeremy's super spicy shit. I have to agree with you, madam. How do you like that position? Should I tweet that? Like, Courtney Milan is giving the critics more fodder by not writing realistic romance. Do you think I should just write that and see what happens? Ooh, I hope nobody takes these quotes out of context. <laughs> Whatever. I said it. I said it. Yeah, come for us. Tell Cersei it was me. Come for us. Describe the diarrhea. <laughs> So anyway, Chloe's like, Abba, stop terrorizing him. And he's like, I'm not terrorizing. We're just having a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And Jeremy also will not acknowledge it. Mm -mm. He's just like, nope, everybody's fine. Especially me, I'm fine. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, I love using words when conversating, um, but I feel like this is fine too. And Mr. Fung is like, we don't need words. We're speaking in generals. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so now, what happens? Is it time for kisses yet? Yes, it is. Yes! You guys, these smooches are so good. It's time for kissing. (laughs) Um. So they have to go hide the widgelot. 
Yes. And they've devised this, like, maybe we should go, like, pretend to go for a picnic in order to do this. Because it's big, you guys. It's, yeah, it's, it's old. It's like a rock. And what they do is they repaint it with, like, heavy iron paints yeah, every year. And it gets bigger kind, and bigger sure and heavier and heavier. Yeah. Which is nuts. In my hometown, we do a very similar thing for our festival. Tell me everything. And it's just one small thing every year. And they just redo it every year. Huh. And you don't, it doesn't get bigger and heavier. Yeah. Hey, hey, Peak and Knights, we're about to talk about the medallion hunt. Every year during the Marigold Festival in Pekin, Illinois, they hide a medallion. And it's it's like it's about, I would say, this big. It's the size of a medallion. And um, they do hide it. And then they put out clues on the city website. They're all always in like a poem. And they put out a new clue every day, and everybody wow. goes and hunts for the medallion. And then if you win it, you get a big prize, like a cruise or something. Wow. Yeah, there are families that are very serious about this in my hometown. I mean, I might be too if I got something like a cruise. But I will say that, like, the the clues are very hard to figure out, okay. and they are often red herrings. And so I would oh. say more often than not, the medallion winners are people that just stumble across it in some way. Oh, <laughs> because the clues are so hard. And how long do you have for this? Like during the marriage? To find festival. it or don't. It's like two weeks, maybe. Oh, there's a there's a two week festival in your town. Yeah. Wow. Is that weird? <laughs> Is that that feels like a serious business? Two I don't know. I thought festival? every town had like a two week long festival. Is that not right? No, apparently you grew up in the Gilmore Girls land. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> not. with meth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Just as dysfunctional, but for different reasons. There. Okay. So as they're going, she's like, everyone's already suspicious. Like, you know, we we wouldn't want to be seen with each other. So we're going to pretend that we enjoy each other's company. Yes. And Jeremy's like, mm, I mean, I we do enjoy each other's company mm -hmm. so like you can act however you want but i'm just gonna be normal because <laughs> i am i love you because what i love you so much uh -huh. oh my gosh so during this they smooch they do a smooch and it's so good <laughs> do you i expected you to interrupt me you're just okay with me talking about this they do that smooch <laughs> i'm i'm he trying to remember it. the specifics this is, I think this is the one where she, like, feels like he's drawing characters on her back. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to remember the lead up, Aaron. Oh, my gosh. Okay, fine. All right, look through your I notes. remember that one. Oh, oh, okay. So she's like, all right, as we walk, we need to be efficient, so let's talk about the list. And she's like, physical properties. You seem like a guy who's into blondes. Well, this is where he talks about her hair length, and he's like, oh. she's how how long do you want her hair to be? And he's like, I want her hair to be exactly the length of your hair not when it's a, down. A millimeter when it's down. Not a millimeter more or less. So oh. how long is your hair? And then she's like, this is a general list and I'm not giving you information about my person. Because he's, he's never like, seen her with her hair down. She always wears a really tight bun. And Ooh. he's so interested in knowing how long it is because he's fantasized about it and imagined mm -hmm. her with her hair down. And she won't tell him because it's oh. too intimate. It's too much of a It's too thing. much. So after she says, do you like blondes? He's like, what, Chloe, what about... Exactly like you, do you not understand? Do you have blonde hair? Because if not, then no. And she's like, okay, I'll put down brunettes then. And he's like, brunette. I would never How call you brunette. I want you to write down that her her hair looks like, I don't know, 
blue and silver in the light and blue yeah and, the, and blue black and violet dar- in the, the shadowy darkness of um words so sleek he says stuff. so much words oh. about her hair um and it's so nice and sweet uh hot yeah it's it's so hot okay so then the biggest most important thing about this scene is the smooch is it the well, smooch. is the setup of the smooch because she's like, Jeremy, the smooch is going to be goodbye. Mm. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Any kind of kiss between us is going to be uh, the beginning. The beginning uh, hey of there. something more. Hello. Yeah. Like, this is not the end. And she's like, well, then we're, we completely disagree on, on what this kiss is going to be because you leave. You always leave. And then at some point he's like, okay, well, what do you want in a husband? And she says, that's not relevant to our current discussion. And he goes, no, I want a woman who's exactly like you. And so Mm -hmm. I would need to know how to please a woman who's exactly like you. So, Chloe, what do you want in a husband? I thought this was a later conversation. She says, someone who stays. Someone who supports me and someone who stays. And then he's like, what's going on? And she says, there was someone at one point that (gasps) I thought was my, you know, storybook love. And she's like, he was charming and he was wonderful. And it was really great because I'm not very charming with new people. And he looked at me like I was the only person in the entire universe on his mind. And he's he's sitting there sort of steaming, being like, I hate him. How dare he? Why did he break her heart? And then she says, but he always left. And then she like break and she and she she's like. So I want someone who stays and her voice cracks on stays. And then she's like, you always left, Jeremy. You always left. And it's been three years since you were here. And he's like, oh, my God, she's been talking about me this whole time. And I never. I'm the asshole. Yeah, I hurt her. Like, I expected her to be a little miffed, maybe even mad. But I never thought I had the power to actually wound her. And he's like. I have to fix this. And so he looks at her and he says, I know that we are in disagreement about what this kiss would mean because I am firm in the idea that it's a beginning. But you know what? Let's just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so he grabs her and then he, oh, it's like this. She wants it to be. You guys, this smooch <sighs> was described with the level of detail of the clipboards earlier. And that's why. <laughs> That's why you just got to stick with it with the Courtney Mullen book. It might be clipboards and pamphlets at the beginning, but then you get the same like level of focus on the smooches later on. Oh, gosh. It was like a three-page smoocheroo, and it was so good (laughs) and beautifully described. And she she swears she can feel him drawing characters on her back. Because Hakka and Cantonese have diverged dialects but the same are different dialects yes and and so she so it's like where they meet in the middle of the two languages she's lord and and she swears that one of the characters she feels him writing on her back is everything (gasps) but like surely that couldn't be right (laughs) (laughs) so good it's so good it's such a smooch it's such a big smooch that is so romance and so great Oh my god, it's so it's so everything mm-hmm. is what this smooch is. God, it's so good. Oh my gosh, and then he pauses and he puts gold. What? 
she wants this to me. Sorry, the characters, the characters, sorry. Oh, Everything oh, oh. and then gold and then, you know, she's she's trying to interpret them. And she's thinking to herself the whole time, like, I want this kiss to mean I'm staying. I'm staying. And she's thinking to herself, like, he can't stay, though, because I'm just a poor village girl and my dreams are all, you know, commercial endeavors. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know what to do about that. And she just wants it to mean I'm staying. And, she, he, and has- he, I mean, he can't, he he can't commit to saying either. He is a duke. He's got to go duke. Right. Okay, so then she pulls away first and he blinks at her. Ah. <sighs> His hand sliding from her back down her shoulders to her elbows before he realized what she was doing and tightened his grip. And she says, you see? He looked down at her, his eyes dark, his breath coming swiftly. His hands tightened around her arms before he reached back to kiss her once more. And then he pulls back a little while later and he goes, I do see. And, oh, the realization sank like a shot of lead in her stomach. He had not seen. If he understood how impossible anything further was, he would never smile at her that way. He had not heard what she was saying, only what he wanted to hear. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my gosh. And she says, Jeremy, that was goodbye. (laughs) So sorry. I shouldn't have opened the book. And he says, I'm no linguist, but I do not think that that was goodbye in any dialect on the face of the Mm -hmm. planet. (laughs) And then she calls him a turnip. She says, Jeremy, you turnip, think. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite England Times insults is turnip. Yeah, same. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like, I it, earlier in the book, he told her that he doesn't make the same mistake twice because he did one time tease her by taking away her list and mm-hmm. she cried and he was like, I'm never doing that to you again. And so he goes, I hurt you and I didn't know it and I never want to do it again in this scene and it's just the best. Okay, so now Jeremy goes to the barn where her dad is filling the jars because her dad did agree to fill those jars. Well, so, okay, so she, it's an extra hundred jars. She wants to do it herself because she doesn't want her dad to do it because he does have arthritis. Right. And so Jeremy's going to help the dad fill the jars, but she instructed Jeremy, do not let him fill the extra 100 jars. We're just keeping it at the regular jar numbers, right? right? Well, and Jeremy, I don't even think... Is supposed to be there. Right. But he just goes to like see if he can help and also to talk to her dad because he really wants to get on his good side so that he can ask for her hand in marriage at some point. Yes. So Mr. Fong like begrudgingly lets Jeremy help him fill jars even though it is like a highly intricate and intellectual task (laughs) that he might not be up to due to the complicated nature of pouring sauce into jar. Well, and to be fair... It does take him about 20 minutes to get used to the rhythm enough to actually speak and make words. Sure. I mean, things do need to be sanitized and stuff. You know, yeah. it's not nothing, but it's also not something either. But like all you're doing right now, Jeremy, is making sure the man with rheumatoid arthritis doesn't twist the caps on the jars. That's that is what you're that's the mainly yes. doing. <laughs> So they start talking, and it's very clear that Mr. Fong is, like, not into Jeremy. No. not And Jeremy keeps trying to, like, get on his good side. And at some point in the conversation, Mr. Fong is like, listen, I know that you're the Duke of Lansing. So, like, let's just start there. Right. And he's, uh, like, Jeremy's like, oh, shit. If Mr. Fong knows, does that mean that Chloe knows? Oh, my gosh. Like, did he tell people? Yeah, how long has he known? Yeah, it's rough. And he's like, everyone in England who is Chinese, everyone thinks that 
all the Chinese people know each other. Well, so, like, yeah, that happens later, though. This is just no. Mr. He Fong. says it here. Oh, Mr. Oh, Fong okay. says this. Sorry, they, it's it's said twice in the okay. book. Okay, gotcha. But he said that he was at some kind of event, right, and saw mm-hmm. him. Yeah, because yeah. he's a chef. No, 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 no. So he was at a at a he was being a chef at some point, and they started talking about the Duke of Lansing. And then mm-hmm. he sort of figured he pieced it together because he is the only Duke at this point who is half Chinese. And um, he was like, after I met you the first time, when they would say, do you know the Duke of Lansing? I would have to say yes, because mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, so before you have any kind of conversation with Chloe, you sort of need to have that one. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, I know. I know. Because he's trying to have this conversation with Mr. Fong where he's like, I'm serious about your daughter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, wow, she's great. And boy, do I praise you for raising such a good daughter. And he's basically like, yeah, but you're lying to her and have been for 10 years. So let's start there. Right. And then we can talk about. He also says the devastating line, her mother would never have picked you as a son-in-law. You don't deserve her. Oh, God. (laughs) And this then he dad. goes, there was nothing to say to that. He didn't deserve her. <laughs> no. They also talk about the sauce because basically he starts talking about the bacteria in the yeast that he needs to make the sauce to ferment the, the things in it. And um, he said that, you know, this oh. is English sauce because yeah. he cultivated the bacteria here. It's mm-hmm. not going to taste like the sauce he made back in his home village. It's not going to taste like the sauce he made in Trinidad. It mm-hmm. tastes like the sauce that can only be made in Wedgford because the bacteria is from Wedgford. So no matter mm-hmm. what people think, the sauce, no matter how foreign people think the sauce is made by foreigners, this is English sauce. Mm-hmm. And he tells Jeremy, like, you know, you're you're pretty much the same way. Like mm-hmm. we and are. And so is Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. So is Chloe. We're all molded by our circumstances and our geography and our life experiences. It's just this great allegory for like what what is British and what is not British and who's allowed to call themselves this or that. Like in, in yeah. like this, this is a homegrown British sauce made by British people who came right. here by the way of China and Trinidad mm-hmm. and, you know, all these different places. And that's that's what's beautiful about it. Right. Absolutely. But he does tell him that I think it's like just like the the bacteria he cultivated, Jeremy needs to grow if he's mm-hmm. going to be worthy of his daughter someday. And so now he's got this refrain in his head that lasts for the rest of the book that um, Chloe tells him to stay and Mr. Fong tells him to grow and that those two things sort of become his guiding light for the rest of his character arc. And it's fucking gorgeous is what it is. Oh, my God. Oof. And he says, thank you, uncle. I needed that advice. And Mr. Fong goes, don't wait too long. It gets harder the longer you put it off. Oh, because Jeremy says, are you going to tell her that you know? And he says, eh. I sort of have conversations I've never had with her that I need to have with her. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going to start with those before I start spilling your beans. Because I'm lying to her, too. He doesn't say that. He doesn't like, come on, that. Mr. Fong, hypocrite. I've been lying <laughs> to her her whole life, too, about who I am. <laughs> Everybody's lying to Chloe about who they are. Anyway. It's true. Um, um, hey, listen. I think it's time to stop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Don't you think? 
That's what I was trying to say. Fabulous. Look at us being on the same page. Look at this mind meld between two BFFs, you know? We can do Who both notice we're at an hour at the same time. I mean, come on. Let's not make it into something it's not, all right? <laughs> all right. Aaron, do you have a lady love? Um, I mm, just... I have two. Think. Okay. One is, this is our gift to you, listener. Read this book. Read this book. Read it. Read, Read this it. book. Read this book. Read this book. It's so good. And if you're having listen a hard time getting audio. into it, listen to the audio. Mm-hmm. And Mary listen Jane to Wells it while you're playing Stardew Valley, because there was a new oh. update to Stardew Valley where there's another island that you can get to if you just fix Willie's boat in the back of his shop. And there's <laughs> a man on that island that you can fuck, and his name is Leo. No and so way. if you need to put in another, like, 30 hours to screw a new guy in Stardew Valley, this is a great thing to listen to while you're doing it. Get it, Aaron! I've already had sex with everybody in the valley, all right? <laughs> So the fact that they were like, there's a new man on this island, I was like... Am motivated. Ready to go, yeah. <laughs> I am orgasm motivated. <laughs> it's so hard to fix that boat, though. You need a iridium bar. You need a ton of fucking hardwood. It's nuts. <laughs> the lengths this fantastic. game is making me go to to get to that island to fuck Leo is like insane <laughs> if i get there and he's married i swear to god oh if he's not single yeah i'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well no i'm not married i'm in a domestic partnership with krobus oh okay krobus is a guy he lives in the sewer and he's kind of like a <laughs> i'm listen everyone in town is my boyfriends and girlfriends and then i do live with krobus Who's like sewer, kind of like a dark man. Like. No, he lives, he moved into my house, but we're not like in love because he doesn't feel things like that. Okay. Because he's too dark in his soul. We're great friends and we're in kind of like a platonic partnership. He lives in my but house. But you did fuck that one time, it sounds like. Me and Krobus? fucked everyone. Yeah. No, Krobus doesn't fuck. But oh. everybody else in town. Yes. Oh, so you're saying that you fucked everybody who's available, not yes. the asexuals. That makes no, sense. Yeah. No one who, you can't you can't have sex with married people oh. in, in the town. Well, that's you can nice. become best friends with them, but you can't have sex with them. But if you're married, you can still have sex with anyone you want. <laughs> that's amazing. That's my lady love. Incredible. That new island on the Stardew Valley. Now I'm now I'm like really nervous he's not single. I kind of just made that assumption. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Did you waste all that time doing boat building for nothing? Either way, I still need to get to that island. I mean. Yeah, fair. There's got to be more to do there other than that dude. All right. My lady love, while Aaron is Googling. Oh, no. He's single, but you can't marry him. He's single, but you can't marry him. You're already married. You it doesn't matter. You can still fuck He's him. He's a child. He's a child. No. <laughs> lost at sea oh no <laughs> his family is parents oh no <laughs> looks like no sex for Aaron on that island <laughs> no <laughs> you do get to save a child though look how fun gross <laughs> all right my lady love is a little movie called abominable it's so good what Aaron 
Uh, I don't. He has a crush on another child who does happen to be my husband's niece. It's fine. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> Abominable. <laughs> the film. I had no idea Stardew Valley was so in. Uh, I can't believe how emphatically I said you can fuck this guy on that island. <laughs> I can't. Can we cut this? child you knew that before you thought that before you found out he was a child now you don't even want to fuck him no i don't i let's be <laughs> let's get on you on the record how do you feel about fucking that child so stardew valley it's like a no you're gonna make a new character make it what? a character i can screw make like, him what fuckable. the hell jesus or jesus. make yeah make whoever it is fuckable Jeez. anyway abominables abominable okay so Abominable is a movie that we just watched with the kids. It is a kid movie, but it is so, so good. So it's set in China, and um, the the main protagonist girl is this, like, go-getter who is a lot of the times a go-getter because she did lose her dad a few months before, maybe a year before. And so, you know, she's doing the grief thing where she doesn't pay attention to anything. She's busy, busy, busy. And... Concurrently, someone has caught a baby Yeti. And they are mm-hmm. bad guys. They've caught this baby Yeti. They are bad. Baby Yeti escapes. And they do come across each other because the baby Yeti ends up on her rooftop. And then the rest of the movie is their journey that these two and then um two cousins who live in the same building with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the two boys and then the girl in the Yeti. Their journey to get the Yeti back to Mount Everest. And, oh my God, it is so beautiful. And it's great because from production side, everyone in the film who is Asian is voiced by an Asian actor. And there's like a lot of Asian people who are in in like the making of the movie side, not just the talent. And it's hilarious like ember and i were literally falling on the floor like i fell over a little bit because he launched himself into my arms because he was laughing so hard there's this blueberry scene that kills however trigger warning teensy tiny little trigger warning this is a very specific trigger warning mostly to me (laughs) so if you i don't know lost your dad around 19 and then accidentally heard the song Fix You for the first time in the two months after that happened and were permanently scarred in the best way by the song Fix You. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just tiny watch out, you know, because there <laughs> yeah. is there is this beautiful scene in which she plays Fix You nope. on her violin. Nope. Like. Nope. <laughs> nope. You can and do I, it. And I was on my living room floor crying so hard <laughs> as soon as like the opening bars started michael was like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> he literally said uh-oh <laughs> like watch out for mom and xiaomei left the couch to come over to me and like sit in my lap because i was sobbing she did a, co- a toddler comfort on me nice. and this movie is so good it's so funny and if you do, if you do relate to this very specific trigger warning, just like, there you go. It's out mm-hmm. there for you. Now you know. You can prepare yourself. But also, like, just kind of generally, I cannot keep my shit together in an animated movie. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I have struggled to breathe in animated movies. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm crying so hard. Yeah, that was me. As we know, I've been removed from theaters. <laughs> Regardless of whether I personally relate to the story. Yeah. yeah. Just one theater. Just the once. But like it was Britannia enough. Theater on Britannia <laughs> in New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, Abominable, watch it. It's so, 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 so good. All right. So you can find us on all the places. Instagram is at Heaving Bosoms. Twitter is at Heaving underscore Bosoms. We're on Facebook in both a page and a group. We have a website, which is HeavingBosoms.com. That's where you can get to the Patreon, which is where we're going to donate all new and increased pledges to AAPI Women Lead. And that's going on until June 10th. So you've got some time. Anytime between now and June 10th, if you sign up or increase, we are doubling those dollars and sending it to AAPI Women Lead. There's also the Reading Embrace on there. You can at us about advertising. There's a form there if you want to advertise with us. It's all on the website. Thank you, Natalie. The website is the best. Also, hire Natalie. Hire Natalie. Natalie. Makes my life the best it's like ever been, especially. Where do they go to hire Natalie? Where do they go? Oh, um, justasknat.com. Just I hope ask that's Nat. Right. Maybe it's just asknat.co. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Yeah. We should always have that in the show notes. I agree. Let's just put it it in the show notes for always. It may be. I don't know. Agreed. Hire Natalie. She'll make your life streamlined and better. And she'll do your grocery shopping even. She will. She'll do groceries for you. She'll buy gifts for you. Like you can hire her on an hourly basis or like just for a small project. She's the best. She'll plan your trips for you. Yeah, it's just asknat.co. .co. She'll build you a fucking website that makes you look super professional. Super good. Okay. Do you you remember when I ran the website? Do you recall? I do. You know what? It was a fucking mess. It was a website that we had. That was my, you know know what? That's all I had. And you did it. It was a website. You did it hard. I did. I don't know that I did it hard. But I did. It was a website that we had. What I did was I just said, unnamed sauce is good enough. Slap, 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 (laughs) done. That's what I did. Because that's all I had. That's all I had. (laughs) Yeah. And then Natalie came in and revolutionized everything. She'll do your email. That's what Chloe should, she should farm it out to somebody. You name the sauce, Naomi. That's right. That's right. If you are incapable of something, you hire Natalie. And yeah. then she does it. Or if it just stresses you out. If you're perfectly capable of something, but it gives you anxiety, hire Natalie. It's mm-hmm. so good. Delegate. Delegate that shit. And do the Patreon. The website has the Patreon, and oh, then yeah. you can do our fundraiser. Okay. That's right. Okay. So Bye. keep oh. being a badass. Yes. And love yourself as much as you love when an author has the courage to describe <laughs> <laughs> those Hot the squirts. hot liquid squirts <laughs> that that hero has every night from eating the spicy foods that they are, are given inevitable to him by the father of the the that's heroine. right that's right that's the courage that's reality yeah describe the diarrhea oh. cowards <laughs> that's what I say I'm with you that cannot be refuted do not do not send us books where the diarrhea is described <laughs> do not. <laughs> Do not. I'm cutting this out of the episode. Bye! Bye.
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.